Chris. Oh, Chris has put his hands together in prayer. You're so right, Chris. Let let us let us pray. We are recording on a Sunday after all. It is we are. the Lord's Day. It is. you shouldn't see. This is not unwatchable. Friends, welcome to It Is Not... No, not friends. What am I doing? Babies. Oh. I like calling the audience babies. Okay. That's is that something we're doing now? Or should it be bubbies? <gasps> babies or bubbies? I, Let us I know. think, You're I think listening... it depends on the mood, right? Yeah, I definitely is a bubby day. <laughs> bubbies, you're listening to... It, it it no to nigh unwatchable. There it is. Is the name of this podcast now. Hundred and one episodes. I don't know if you caught that in the description last week, but apparently it was a hundred episodes. And yeah. I learned this from the description of the episode. I, well, I'm not gonna lie to you, Harrison. I learned this uploading the episode. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> and then I was Fair. like, oh, we just did the hundredth episode, and we didn't even know it. Um, we sure did. We sure did. And down the road uh, and, now. What does that mean? Well, and, Two years? Well, it I something like that. But Close. it means that that uh, we let me ramble about Star Wars, and we shouldn't. I know this in my heart <laughs> that you should never let me ramble about Star Wars because it's just going to go on too long, like it did before we started recording. But now we are here. <laughs> Uh, Nigh Unwatchable is the name of the podcast. Mm. That's Chris Wyden. I'm mm. Harrison Stewart. Mm. We watch bad things, so you don't have to. It's true. Um, but this time, we went into something thinking that it was going to be bad. And Chris, I think this might be my favorite thing that we've watched. I wouldn't even consider it bad. It's um, I I agree with you completely. I <laughs> I loved it. I thought it was a really funny <laughs> movie. We watched uh, Honk for Jesus, Save Your Soul, starring sure Regina Hall and um, Sterling K. Brown, I believe. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's correct. I get so focused on his first name being Sterling that I kind of forget the rest. Uh, but I, incredibly I, that, that'll, well, acted. that'll happen. <laughs> So well, that I incredibly well acted right, movie right from the get go. A very smart we do need concept. to say that. Yeah, it was one of those. Sterling it was also like K. Brown gave. thematically dense movie. I was not expecting oh, yeah. it to like really. I don't know. This is a movie. If you, it's it's about loosely about like prosperity gospel and a couple who runs a like big mega church preaching the prosperity gospel, dealing with the fallout. Mm-hmm of uh getting caught in a scandal that we learn over the course of the movie is uh, about uh, her husband maybe you know kind of sugar daddying some uh, some young men in the community and kind of yes. I don't know we don't ever learn the details of exactly what the scandal is except that he is being sued by several of these young men and they're working on a settlement which is intense and weird anyway I'll get into it in a second. I feel like I interrupted you. <laughs> no, no. I was all, all I was going to say is that uh, Sterling K. Brown in the role of Pastor Lee Curtis Child. Thank you. Was amazing. 
Um, yes, no, every, every single, and his, his wife is Trinity, spelled uh, T-R-I-N-I-T-I-E. Great, like phenomenal. <laughs> um, that is played by Regina Hall. Uh, yes, so like, like Chris said, it's about, like, a, it's, it's a mega church, right? It's a, it's a super big church uh, that is absolutely based. So as I was watching this movie, Catherine walked in. Uh, my fiance and she was like is this about and then said some church and I was like I don't I don't know what that is she's like oh you don't know about this mega church in like Atlanta that implode and then she like showed me the story like oh holy shit this is 1000% the basis of like <laughs> what this is like that guy got uh in 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 real life the guy got done in I think it was a bunch of stuff. It was like mail fraud, tax fraud, like just, I mean, oh, you know, wow. the, the kind of stuff that you absolutely expect to be going on with like a multi-million dollar nonprofit yeah. organization, you know, like, ah, yeah, that checks out. That totally checks out. But, um, yeah, she, she like recognized the, uh, like the movie opens and ends on, like a statue of a black Jesus with like the heart and there are flowers all over him. Like it's very ornate. And a guy that was like, no, that actually exists or existed for a while on the roadside. <laughs> like, what? Going oh, from my God. like around Coweta or something. <laughs> I was like, this is some incredible context. It's like, yeah, I was actually friends with like the daughter. Of, I was like, what? Holy shit. So yes. So um, it's not. It's not like this. Honk, honk for Jesus. The movie like takes a lot of these elements it's, from like it, a bunch yeah. of different. It's sources. definitely a different story. It's definitely fiction. It's not one to one. The movie is like also Catherine... framed as a documentary, which is interesting, but it's also not a documentary. I think that's like the one big mistake this movie makes, to be honest. I agree. I, I think totally the whole agree. thing should have been framed as a documentary. Or, you know Agreed. what? If you are going to switch between documentary and non-documentary portions of the mm-hmm. movie... You mm-hmm. can't just make it. I noticed it took me halfway through the movie to notice how they were distinguishing. God. You yeah. need to distinguish clearly. The way you do that is yeah. simple. You just put like the little framey lines with a little blinky red record button on screen, on frame, every single time yeah. we're in documentary view. And then that's not yeah. there when we're not in documentary view. And then we know which is which. But they were changing the aspect ratio. And it was such a close aspect yeah. ratio to, to like, the real world <laughs> normal movie aspect ratio that, like, it was almost impossible to tell because it wasn't a dramatic enough of a shift to really notice that's a, when those transitions were made. God, that's a really good point. I couldn't – so I couldn't – my guess – like you said, about halfway through the movie, I figured out that like the plot, the internal plot of the movie is that the childs have like there's been a mass exodus from their church because of this scandal that's been breaking. So the church has been closed down for like a year yeah. and they're about to reopen and they've invited a documentary crew to come and document their their rise, their their return. Yeah. Um, and then just watching it all fall apart, and it's it's very funny. But you're right; it took me halfway through, and I, 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 I like my eye was catching it. 
I'll definitely admit that, you know, but it's not, it's not that noticeable until you get to a certain point in the movie where you say to, for me, what it was is like, they're in the bedroom together. And I was like, well, the documentary crew is probably not here. Is not in the bedroom here. Is it doing both? And then I wasn't sure until about another 20 minutes when another thing, when it was filming the documentary crew themselves, I'm like, okay, well, clearly they're not filming themselves. So this is the outer shot. But you're totally right. That was the fundamental weakness of, of the movie to me. Two fundamental weaknesses. One, it was too long at an hour 43. Um, For how not complicated it was, it it took too much time. I agree with that. Yeah, um, uh, I, it was just it was a lit. It, it it very slightly overstayed its welcome. Very slightly, very slightly. Again, I did enjoy it, but I was I was ready for it to be done by the time it ended. Um, and then the two is that it just it had to pick a major. You know, like I really I liked. I'm seeing okay. the I documentary, honest, like, I, am I okay. liked that as a plot point, but you're you're right. It just it couldn't it couldn't be it couldn't switch between them that casually. I disagree. That really broke I honestly the whole... think it could have. I just need you to tell me what where what we are what camera are we looking through? Are we looking no, through the camera that means objective reality, sh- or yeah. are we looking through the documentary camera? Because right. if we're going to do that, I I can handle it. But you got to tell me every time so I know what counts as something that's being captured and what counts as something that is omniscient narration. Like, that needs yes. to be painfully clear. And you don't need to do it in an ugly way. I think the way I described it earlier is a pretty subtle way to do it. You don't even need the record button. Just give me something on screen like a little running timestamp in the right. bottom corner. Anything to just like indicate that we've made this switch because they literally just like the aspect ratio just like cut in like barely from the sides of screen and that was how we yeah. were. It's like all right, so we went from oh god, I'm blanking on what the term I'm supposed to know is. Whatever the normal movie finalized aspect ratio is. All of my DP friends if they're listening are going to be annoyed. Um <laughs> But I don't know anything. But yeah, but then it's like cuts to like this. Like I don't even know what the aspect ratio size is because it's not it's not four three and it's not sixteen nine. It's like something that's like a little smaller um, than sixteen nine, which is like stupid. Anyway, not important. I think for this episode, because for the most part, out of what we've just said, we agree that we like this movie. That yes. we should investigate why we thought it was going to be a bad movie. Because this movie had a 26 audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. So that sh- man, that floored me when you said that. Which is nuts. This is, and this no. is, yeah, no, it's nuts. <laughs> I mean, but that's, like you were saying, that's precisely why we picked it. I mean, when we were texting about what are we going to watch this week, you're like, well, there's this thing that, like, is getting just trashed in the audience scores. So I'm really kind of curious. Yeah. And I was like, well, you know, a lot of the time, if it's getting just like wrecked, there's a pretty good reason for it. I can't wait. So now I'm thrilled. Chris, we're going <laughs> to, we're going to find out what they didn't like. Yeah. About it. We're going to basically get into and, and I don't know, analyze, critique, be, be shitty comment readers, comment reactors, 
to people's um, reviews. These are we're going to look at the audience reviews on Rotten Tomatoes for why they think this movie is bad and find out why mm. so many people found this movie to be nigh unwatchable when we found it well, to be pretty watchable. <laughs> should 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 I register my guesses? Uh, yeah. Let's register some guesses. I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that the pastor's gay. I just, I have a nagging suspicion that they don't want to hear it if that's what the scandal is. You know? (laughs) I am excited. We're going to end up with a lot of speculation because a lot of negative reviews are brief. Um, Fair. As is common. I'm going to try to find some That's like one of the... The I mean the plot points the just real quick what happens in the, in the rest of the movie is that it doesn't work like the 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 oh, reopening yeah. is a failure and one of the pastor's victims confronts him and basically just tells him that he's nothing uh, and leaves and Regina Hall has a nice scene where she kind of humanizes the wife. I, I, I kind of want to give a little more to that scene, too, because that is a key kind of theme of this movie that is, like, weird. It's a throw. It feels like a throwaway joke at the beginning of the movie. Yes. But they enter and they're, like, talking about how they're, you know, the documentary crew is here. The church is empty at the beginning of the movie because they're like, hey, we're going to do our big reopening. We're coming back. <sighs> we're going to be good people again or whatever. Um, obviously mm. they don't say that, but that's like the message of what they're trying to portray as they invite this documentary crew for the first time into their lives at the beginning of the movie. And, um, what's the, Curtis Lee, right? That's his name. Curtis Lee Childs. Curtis Lee Childs Pas- references Childs. that the church is known for praise miming, which is what it sounds like. It is miming, but like also like singing hallelujah but silently so it's like kind of doing this like box typical box uh mime thing while also occasionally like raising your hands and like shaking which is not which which is very funny but is not ridiculous it is not ridiculous if you've (laughs) if you've been to like a a non-denominational or like a, a more modern like mega church interpretive dance is a huge thing huge oh, I they do it that. all the time they do it with flags they do it with fucking like i mean ribbons but you name it brother but here's why i here, <laughs> that's great to know for context because i did not know that because that means that actually yeah. is picking up on that that yes. reality so it's it's i mean it's turning it up to 11 but like it is certainly based in truth but like that turning it up to 11 is so important because you have yes. regina hall who is like sticking by her band who is like clearly gay And trying to, like, make this work because she thinks she has to. She has a conversation at one point in the movie with her mother where her mother's like, you can't get a divorce and leave your husband. And, like, she believes it's the Christian thing to stick with him. He thinks it's the Christian thing to, like, you know, suppress his, his homosexuality. And she, you know also is, like, doesn't want to leave the, the source of all of this wealth and money that they have. But... In all of this, she is always referred to as, like, the first lady. She is someone who is, like, picking him up off of his feet mm. and trying to, like, steer the documentary and protect his image and, like, get them back on track. And he yeah. is just, like, like you said, he's just, like, a very raw, charismatic preacher and, like, yeah. loses 
like loses control of himself all the time and kind of gets carried away and that is good fodder for the documentary and she is there trying to stop him but she is also a, a christian woman who believes in these like traditional christian values and like a mime she is kind of boxed in in a clear invisible box on display always next to him always present and never saying anything on stage never saying anything to reporters about the scandal in the news silent like a mime trying to like bring this all in and then at the end of the movie they're trying to advertise when the church is going to be back because they have to shift the date because a competing megachurch is going to open their new facility on the same date they're going to reopen. So they move the date forward, and she's forced by him, asked by him, but made by him to stand on the side of a road with fucking mime makeup on, doing praise miming with a Honk for Jesus sign, which is hysterical, by the way. Regina Hall does such a good job. But then it's like also just like fits with this message so well, where it's just like she's literally forced into silent display for a message that like, it doesn't even fucking matter to anyone. And then like she breaks. That's like the big moment. The great scene she has at the end is like this double whammy great scene of like this woman who has been silenced and is literally wearing my makeup (laughs) is like breaking that silence to be like, this is all fucked. And like, I'm here to like, try to like save some semblance of like the life I had before. And that's, you know, and everyone just wants me to fail and wants me to be like this spectacle and, and on a show and all this, I don't know. I thought it was such a smart, such a smart way to like bring. No, bring I, to I mean, end. it was, it was great. I like, I thought it was really good. And I also think that, that the movie very, like the writer who I believe is also the director. I want to say, yeah, Adama uh, Ebo or Ebo is, um, (laughs) yes, writer, director. It's based on a short film that she did. Oh. So that's what, I I would be curious to see the short film because I bet that's the perfect length, you know? Mm -hmm. I bet that this is a classic example of like it it really, but, but then again, like, I, I, you're right. The ending really did have something to say. And I think it, I think the writer very smartly identified that homosexuality is like one of the only sins that you can commit as a Christian that won't be forgiven. In, in modern American Christianity, which leans mostly conservative, if this were, if this were a, a, you know, a, a, a heterosexual affair. Yeah. They forgive that man. They get over that. Like, because, because quote unquote forgiveness is such a big thing. They love a comeback story. You know, they, they are just, they're dying for it. So I think the movie did a good job of identifying like, what is the sin? The quote unquote sin. Now, no, it's not a quote unquote sin because bad was done here. It's not just that he was having homosexual relationships. It's that he was fucking grooming these like young men to like giving them favors and stuff. I mean, he was effectively prostituting them is what he was doing. He was was basically showing up and giving like poor young men in their early 20s a lot of like stuff. And then, you know, 
we assume none of this is explicitly said in the movie, but then the assumption is that after that, you know, sexual favors were asked for and they felt like they had to, of course, because anyone in that position would feel that way. That's what's so good about it. But yeah, they never is that they, they are not holding (laughs) him accountable for the Bugattis, for the jet airplanes, for the lavish lifestyle, for, for, for the pro oh god the prada scene like i watched the prada scene a few times that was that was hilarious um but it's just it's him and his wardrobe that's uh, for like maybe i don't know like five eight minutes and it's just great it's just it's just nonstop gold it's fantastic um but like that that the church was not holding him accountable for like the real lapses you know not holding him accountable for the fact that he was like doing something bad to these young men, they were upset because he was doing gay stuff. You know, that's that's really the only thing that like lost. And I just thought that that was such like a salient and subtle like jab at a lot of like modern American Christianity to just be like, especially Southern Christianity, oh, yeah. to just be like, okay you're it's not going to make sense if he gets canned for do because even like Catherine was telling me that well, the they only need to show reason... his hypocrisy too they have multiple it's scenes true. where we cut back to like the good old days where the services were televised we assume locally but they show like the old televised programs a few times and the speech that is shown multiple times including like one scene where he is watching it is like this yep. big anti-gay sermon that he gives. oh yeah so that oh, yeah. just to add and, movie and, context for for why we believe <laughs> that is kind yes. of the reason the movie is or the what we believe the movie is telling us uh, <laughs> is Absolutely. about the community because, as far as what they're doing and also and also I love the, I mean I, obviously the content is monstrous but like it picks up on the subtlety of what a lot of like anti-gay propaganda does mm. and b- because what he says and, and, and why so many of these people in real life can't let it go, you know, because in many rational people's minds, they're like, what, what fucking difference does it make <laughs> what I do in the bedroom? What difference does that make to you? This did a really good job of showing that like, a lot of the talking points focus on what homosexuality's very existence takes from you by talking about how it devalues your marriage and your marriage and your, like that was such a good scene because that's how it works in real life. That is what they like latch onto is convincing people that the reason you can't let any LGBTQ plus people have anything is because that means that they're equal to you now. Yeah. And and instead of, in their minds, instead of that being raising other people up... It's a loss. Th- it's a loss, They're losing Chris. women who are becoming trans men or it's who are marrying devalued. other women. It's being devalued. Yes! Yeah. They're devaluing it's, my it's marriage! fascinating. Well, and, like, there's something to be said. I think there is... I think the... Uh, f- I think this movie and where we are culturally are a little different in the sense that culturally, I would say overall United States is Mm -hmm. more 
anti their their approach to anti trans anti queer is based in like a very like women need to play a certain role in our society like sure, gay sure. men are yeah. certainly on the chopping block but gay cis men are the last people on that chopping block the people who are foremost oh, are trans women yeah. and trans men and queer women and so, like definitely and, and then we get to in cis- larger <laughs> society yeah in, in larger, larger society, society but in specifically though. the like more southern african-american christian community homosexuality mm. from men is like a big fucking no no deal <laughs> right right like, exactly that so there's like also the... this level and i know we have a lot of foreign uh foreign god excuse me i'm a dirty american international <laughs> listeners non-american listeners so that i feel like that's some useful context to provide for love this you conversation. Um, love you kata <laughs> yes uh, it, it, is that like that is not at all unbelievable, and especially growing up in in a lot of that, that is not remotely unbelievable to me. Oh yeah, uh, even even in you know twenty twenty three, I I or twenty twenty two is when this movie came out. I I fully believe that a church would excise a pastor completely. Um, Due to due to homosexuality, especially, dude, what what was it? What was it like three months ago? The uh, uh, uh it wasn't the Episcopalians. Is the other the Anglican Church like recant like went backwards on? I thought um, they already did that like ten years ago, when they split from the when they formed. <laughs> nah, I don't know. I don't know. I thought the whole reason the Anglican Church in America exists, because the Episcopalian Church is the Anglican Church in America. And then, like, when we were in high school, the Episcopalian Church, like, raised, I don't know what the term is, approved a dude to be Uh bishop who was openly gay. And then, like, the church split into the Episcopalians and the American Anglicans. So I do, I definitely recall that, because my grandparents left an Episcopal church that they had got really kind of sad. Like my whole family is buried there. My, my both my parents oh, and my aunt and sad. uncle were married there and they just left it because gay. Well, well, well we should do, dude, because we should do an episode gay. on the split. Anyway, that's not important. The, the important is the important thing is that as recently as several months ago, a major Christian denomination like said that they do no, that they no longer recognize same sex marriage. Is so this Methodist? is not, I'm trying to remember. I feel oh, it feel like was. I, this rings it? a bell. Okay. Oh, it was okay. Good. Well, that's the other half that I grew up as Methodist. <laughs> Great. That's I'm doing awesome. Um, I mean, you're doing fine. <laughs> I yeah. Uh, anyway, God, long tangent. Let's get into the, these reviews. The point let's get into that, let's let's get into the reviews. Let's get into the reviews. Think this movie. Thank is you, Chris. God, you saved me, man. You, you do it so often. Well, we were both getting off on a roll. This is a good movie, so we had fun talking about it. And we hope that was informative. You have a loose understanding of what this movie is about. Um, I would suggest watching it is, is the bottom line. I would, I, would, <clears throat> I would suggest it to people. And this, is, I, this might be the first nigh unwatchable that we've done where I would be like, no, I would tell someone to watch that for sure. No, it's good. You know, the, other ones, the other ones, I think it's funny. Because it's super bad, but I fully understand that I'm about to waste 
so much of Chris's time. Oh yeah, just so much of it. <laughs> it's 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 a surprising amount of time that I will not get back. Um. <laughs> Love you. So we'll, we're going to start on page one of the mm-hmm. audience Rotten Tomato verified reviews for Long ah, for Jesus' ready. Saber Soul. I'm ready. The Hit me. first review on this page listed is a of any kind is a mm-hmm. one star review. Love. It was an awful movie! Exclamation point. Trailer was very deceiving. Many exclamation points. Foul language and inappropriate scenes. Oh, what this says to me now. This uh, has to be all speculation because no actual substantive critique right, is in right, this review. Right. But, but because there is a total lack of substantive critique and just an outright dislike of this movie, I would assume this is. Someone who, you know, probably attends a mega church and, and really fucking hates the idea that someone would critique the prosperity gospel so plainly. <laughs> Chris, did they try to sell this movie to Christians? I think they just tried to sell Because that would this... be very fucking funny if the... Tra- now I want to see the trailer. <laughs> I think they probably sold it as like a comedy with christian well let's see maybe the reviews will reveal how they sold it okay <laughs> sorry the the type oh of the type of viewer who is giving this this movie bad reviews is revealing itself immediately and that is very funny second review also one star uh-huh. too much yep. solo dialogue talk 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 okay that's the whole review <laughs> that's that's what happens in most movies is characters talk to one another. Oh my Especially God. comedies. Let's see. Albert M. Kept falling asleep. Oh. Thought it would be more funny. Not sure who this movie is for. All right. So white guy who only likes action movies probably. Yeah. This movie's for me, dog. <laughs> I liked it. Patricia W. Slow and dull. Kept hoping the funny part would start. But no luck. The performances were good. But the movie was not. There, the dude, the Prada scene happens at like the fifteen, the ten minute mark. Honestly, okay? I don't want to hear it. Like, does that I don't mean you are so like sold though on the notion of prosperity gospel that you can't identify when it's when it's being made fun of? Like, <laughs> that could be it. Should we should we define that? Sure, quick? I think you should go for the, that. You you have a better, the prosperity the yeah. prosperity gospel is a way of teaching. Uh, Jesus's gospel where it focuses on sort of an exchange rate of like you you no I'm serious man I know it's just what a funny you way give <laughs> what you give in the offering plate will directly correlate to blessings like it is it is the Physical, genuine belief material blessings yes. success in yes. the real world is equated well, to your holiness and how much you like give to the church Yes, and the people that are the most successful got there through their devotion, through their... I mean, a a, a big part of it is saying, look at all the nice stuff I have. I have this because God wills it so, and he (laughs) wants you to have it too. It's it's incredible. It's, It's very... I don't think... Ooh, I might be speaking out of turn here. I assume it started in the United States because it just it feels 
so uniquely tied to our set I'm of almost, values. I'm almost certain it started in the United States. It I'm has sure to the have, first right? ever like prosperity gospel. It's not Jerry Falwell, but it's whoever the guy who preceded him was, because that was kind of like the first dude. Like the, <sighs> Jerry Falwell goes back a while. Maybe Jerry, Jerry Falwell is like the senior. first guy for that. Because we're on Junior now. We're on oh, Jerry that's Falwell right. We are too. on Junior now. Yeah, no, we're yeah. On the so Jerry Falwell is probably he's not like the first like famous popular Christian figure. Like we had that big Catholic priest radio host in like the 30s or whatever. But yeah. like that wasn't the prosperity gospel. That was like more Christo fascism at its worst. Um, yeah, prosperity gospel is weird. It's very yeah. It's very much an obvious grift. Like it is. It is give me money. Let me show you, and then and then let me have that money, but then I will tell you that all of this wealth is the result of God blessing me for being a righteous person. And it, and if you give me money and are a righteous person, then, you know, God will bless you similarly, except for the Chris, problem that you're giving is, me all your money. <laughs> it totally, totally, totally is an obvious grift to us now standing on the other side of it but again, another like another scene that I loved in the movie was when like somebody that was just picking up trash on the side of the highway, like w- was an inmate at the corrections facility, came up to Pastor Childs and just told him how much his sermons had meant to him over yeah. the years. And he meant it. Like that was that was I think the movie did a very good job of keeping in perspective that like the second you want to feel bad for these people, you know, like uh, like the the pastor or the pastor's wife, you just have to remember all of the people that they're leading astray. You know, all of the people that put this enormous amount of hope and faith in them for them to really only be about the bottom line. Oh, yeah. I mean, um, the key part of that scene for because it's, you know, easy to miss when we're just recollecting on a scene is that this is an inmate. Like this is someone whose life has not gone well and is coming over and is that like, and is, and is like, thank you for like how you affected my life. It's like, clearly it has not been a a very good effect. (laughs) Ah, Chris, I didn't even notice that, but it, well, it it has not affected his life in the way that Pastor Childs promised it would. Yeah, because that's if a better it way had, it. he would be rich and successful because that's what the prosperity gospel teaches. And I think and it's interesting because after that scene, Pastor Childs for a little bit there kind of loses his mojo. Yeah. And I didn't put I didn't I didn't until just now until I was talking about I didn't figure out like the significance of that. But I think it's just that he saw that, like, oh, wait, I can affect people if I just say the truth. So then he, like, gives a speech about his, like, sinfulness and stuff. And then Regina Hall's like, yeah, I don't buy it. (laughs) (laughs) People are here. Well, like, like he was he is always saying throughout the movie, but not at the end of the movie. She reminds him, it's like, where's the where's the show? Like, you need to give more for this to work. And, uh, like, she's, yeah, she's the one, like, boosting him all up. And then the very last scene of the movie, a car shows up in their empty church parking lot on Sunday morning while they stand outside to hopefully welcome 
people back into the church and it does donuts in the parking lot. And the whole time he's standing there delusional, like, oh yeah, this is like celebratory. They're here to see me. It's all about me. But even in the buildup to this end here, you know, Regina Hall is the one getting him to a place where he is presentable and feels confident enough to like do that while also being silenced by him whenever they're not in private. Like it is, <laughs> it is just like, oh, well, it's such a harsh, also, such a harsh movie. And, and it's such a harsh look at not only is. this prosperity gospel element, but also in many ways, just how misogyny functions publicly in American life, at least in like Christian American life. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so but did you Dark. notice what what type of car no no dude that was all that like i i really didn't i've forgotten you're right he he thinks that the burnouts are for him in support of him yeah but if you recall yeah no one of the items it, yep. <laughs> that pastor childs was paying off these young men with was a mustang and the car that is doing donuts in the parking lot is a Mustang, meaning that it's probably one of his victims who's just there to, like, essentially flick him off. Yeah. And he's just like, yes! Yeah! Go, go, go! It's just so... Oh. Well, and it is also this beautiful notion of of truth. Like, this movie really has a lot of themes that fall in on themselves. Because in, in that, you have him unable to accept the truth... The reality of what's going on but as also a representative for a religion that is purporting to spread the truth which he yeah. can't not believe in and then you have regina hall's character who the movie ends on her which is you know just standing there clearly aware of the truth she delivered a speech as the mind breaking her silence that kind of revealed she's aware of the truth there's that great moment where the documentary maker says like hey we're here you know, she, Regina Hall yells at her and is like, why are you here? And she's like, we want to know, you know, the truth about you and this community and what's going on. And and Regina Hall says, well, that's a load of bullshit. <laughs> like, yeah. And, and she's not wrong. But also the kind of subtext there is she would know, wouldn't she? As like one of the heads of a massive megachurch. <laughs> it's it's very smart. It's god it's it really is the more we're talking about it and thinking about it it's like wow this movie really nailed this theme really well i'm gonna read off a few other quick reviews you, um and i've, I'm gonna, I've like, got get one, one from uh oh. i've got one from lettered box if you're interested yeah no please 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 um th- this one's a little little long here we go but uh <laughs> for whatever reason Televangelists and holy rollers have been a recent topic of interest within the media. For whatever reason, Chris, I can't I can't imagine why something so prevalent and deeply affecting of our everyday lives would be of interest to the media. I can't fathom. <laughs> Continuing. Just this past year, The Eyes of Tammy Faye, great movie, explored the rise and fall of televangelist Jim Baker and his wife, Tammy Faye. Haunt for Jesus, Save Your Soul tells a similar, 
fictional story about a husband and wife trying to rebuild their Southern Baptist church amidst a huge scandal. I like that you're the reading this leaves... as like a trailer voiceover. Like, <laughs> in a world. I didn't even mean to. <laughs> the film leads heavily into comedy and lends to openly mock its central character throughout and tends to openly mock its central character throughout the entirety of the runtime. I found this movie to be extremely obnoxious, shallow, and mean-spirited. Okay? While the eyes of Tammy Faye poked fun at the absurdity of the situation and extremity of the character's religious beliefs, it actually made an effort to humanize Tammy Faye and understand where belief systems... Ab... Where belief system abs... Nativity come from. Okay? Haunt for Jesus, on the other hand, is just a one-dimensional, deeply unfunny roast session. Sure, Regina Hall does have a long monologue that attempts to give her character depth, but I found it to be very... nose. That's what it says. I found it to be very nose. I assume he meant on the nose. But her and Sterling K. Brown have delivered far better performances in the past. And that's the end of the review. Wow. I... So... First remark, love that he doesn't understand the difference between uh, satire and and a biopic. That's great. <laughs> I think it's I think I think that's swell that that he doesn't understand that. Two, thoroughly disagree. I thought they, in fact, they humanized Regina Hall's character even a little more than I wanted. You know, like, oh, the I acting did was incredible and. Yeah. yeah, at the end, they, like, really make Regina Hall's... The movie becomes about Regina Hall's character. That's almost like the yeah. twist at the end of the movie is like, oh, yeah, you forgot about the woman, didn't you? And you're like, oh, yeah, I did. <laughs> I did. Exactly. <laughs> uh, I do not find it to... I don't find it to be shallow at all. Yeah, it's really uh, intelligent. And 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 I, I think... And there are a lot... For instance, I, I do... I really enjoy The Righteous Gemstones... It can often be shallow. It know? is often like, shallow. I think, I think it that is the, about the shots that it's taking. Them. Yes, yes, exactly. I do not think that that was the case here at all. Like, if anything, yeah. I think it was decidedly not shallow. <laughs> uh, sim- and you can see that simply in its construction. Like you were saying, how they don't even fully ever reveal the details of, like, the lawsuits or what even happened between him and these young men, it just lets you figure it out. Yeah. You know, it lets you, like, just a little, few little breadcrumbs here and there, and, yeah, you get the picture. Um, and I don't, I did not find it mean-spirited. No. Uh, I think if it were mean-spirited, every religious person in it would have been ridiculous, and that was, like, not at all the case. You know, like, the main pastor, Pastor Childs, was ridiculous. Regina was, or Trinity was sometimes ridiculous. And then the pair of pastors at the rival church were a little silly sometimes. No, everyone else was taken perfectly seriously. No one was mocked for their faith. No one, it wasn't even saying, don't believe. You know, <laughs> like it was just saying, there are charlatans out there. And you just gotta recognize them. I, yeah. I, I think, I don't think that's mean spirited at all. And in fact, I think if you, like you were saying with the last review, I think it says a lot about you if you take this as mean spirited. You know, like it, it speaks to the softness of your beliefs if if you are so brittle to like 
what what is really a a pretty it's not a light touch but it is i fully believe in my heart that the person who wrote this grew up in a church and and no, knows the ins and outs like it it rang true to me and it rang true more often than it didn't so i just i i don't know i i'm really mean spirited that pisses me off i i just i, I that. agree completely no. this wrong. was not it was not mean spirited it really yeah you're wrong it took tristan yeah. french yeah we have <laughs> i have a similar review to that we'll we'll get it out of the way um, all right hit me because it oh shit I got a little ad, and now it backed me out of everything, so now I no longer have the review. Well, while you're pulling that one up, from Michelle Golick, it certainly was a movie. Thanks, Michelle. One star. (laughs) Thanks, Michelle. That's helpful. It certainly was a movie. Rude. Okay. Uh, This person's talking about how it dragged a little. Uh, Agreed. Agreed. I I do. I do. In fact, I think that that is one of the only, like, it really, I mean, I really, I don't have any substance. Okay. I have a very interesting review. Sorry. This is. Oh, no. This is fascinating to me because of of the stars. This is a three-star review. This is always fascinating to me because you learn how people view rankings and the weight of what three stars is. To me, three stars is meh. That's what that means. But I think three stars means more to this reviewer. I thought... I it, Wait, three out of how many? Three out of five. Three out of five. Okay. Um, I thought it was uh, thought-provoking. Scary. I was part of the Prosperity Church for many years, and I can picture the behind-the-scenes conversations going like this. Question mark, question mark. I'm not sure what that's about. I'm glad we left. <laughs> Ellipses. End of review. Jesus, I don't. Do you need to talk to someone, friend? I mean, do we? Do we if, need to send? I'm glad this person is no longer in the Prosperity Church. They've recognized the cult. Maybe Me it was too. just three stars because of the reasons we've talked about. But they generally were like, "Yeah, that's the that feels right." <laughs> well, and again, that's fine. Like, like I was saying, I don't really have any content critiques. You know, like all of all of my critiques are just technical base. It's just like, yeah. I mean, me too. It's just, I don't, I don't know that it was a great idea to stretch this premise for that length. Um, and then, you know, just like what we were saying where it could have been a little more clear switching back, back and forth between the omniscient and the documentary. Uh, you got another one? I got a pretty how uh oh this is nothing nothing interesting the most of these end up being uh if if they're long they they're kind of like hey you know i i am a christian and i don't like movies that uh that make fun of of christians and that's okay here's here's an interesting one okay uh another one star I don't know what this is. It's not a comedy. There are a few funny moments, but it's really not a funny movie with precious few attempts at jokes. Ah, there are precious few. I'll, I'll kind of agree with that. Uh, it's not exactly a drama. Characters don't really change from beginning to end, nor do their circumstances change. Vastly untrue. I guess it can be called a satire. There you go, son. In that it <laughs> 
really hammers home the hypocrisy of wealthy megachurch pastors, in parentheses, but we already have the righteous gemstones for that, in parentheses. Again, I think we, you and I just laid out why those are, why they're different, why they're different. One is about, one is about about pure mockery, (laughs) one is certainly delighting in some of the mockery, but that's not, it's not the same. No, Haunt for Jesus has something to say. Also, uh, I'm not. Oh, the review's still going. <laughs> yes, there's okay. there's three more sentences. <laughs> I'm not a Southern black church goer, so maybe huge swaths of this just went over my head. That's probably true. I mean, I, there's definitely parts about this that resonate with me because I'm so familiar with like churches in the South. Um, but I really don't know what this was trying to do, let alone if it accomplished any of it. At least Regina Hall and Sterling K. Brown were really good. One star. Hmm. Strange review. That is a strange Strange review. review. All around. I, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't know what it is, this review. <laughs> yeah, that review, <laughs> like, like the review itself. <laughs> I'm not like sure what this itself. is about. I don't I don't know what you're driving at. You fumbled twice on trying to get the genre right. I will and say even and then even when you got it, didn't understand yeah. the difference between yeah. Uh, Picked it up, put it back I, down and walked away. I would borderline um because didn't he also was it this one where he's like all the characters are in the same yeah, in the same like position from the beginning yeah or their circumstances do not change that's not at all true they don't like it doesn't work that's the whole point like it all it all collapses in on itself uh if anything i think satire tragic comedy i i'm fine with satire i'm honestly fine with satire I mean, it's a. I think um, it's a. It's a comedic thing. I think satirical is right, but it also it's not not a tragedy. I hate. I hate one element of this review. The rest of it is is kind of funny, and this is something that I. There are a lot of people. I know who who make things in mm-hmm. the movie realm whose opinions I generally respect, but I've heard say this as well, which is mm-hmm. heavy-handed or on the nose. And yeah. I think those reviews, I think when you were going to say that about a movie, you need to take a second, you need to take a step back and think about what a movie is and if this actually applies. <laughs> because so many people I know have given critiques to movies where they're like, it's so on the nose. And it's like, yeah, it's a movie with a theme, you know, like all movies. And it's trying yeah. to communicate that theme in a way where you will understand it and if you understand it in like a fun entertaining way by the end it's accomplished its goal like just because a movie is art house and dense and difficult to understand does not mean that is what a movie should always be like you can also have a movie where the messaging is clear and that is what was intended and that is not a bad thing (laughs) well i mean but Chris, I also, I just like, I fully disagree with this, like the assertion that this was, I mean, it's the same thing that we were talking about with Shallow, where it's like, not 
No, but that's what I really. that's what I mean is when like people on use the nose. on the nose like this, and I'm saying I've heard people whose opinions I respect who have used it in the way this guy is using it, which yeah, is yeah, like yeah. basically because the message had clarity, you are you are confusing the notion of a clear message with an on the nose heavy handed message. It's like no no no, just yes. because you understand what's going on doesn't make it less than (laughs) no nor do but that's that's the thing is that nor do i even think that like uh, to me it wasn't even it was subtle i i did think that the messaging was subtle i frankly did not put together the importance of like the mime stuff until you just explained it and i was like (laughs) oh yeah I guess that did. I mean, like there was plenty of stuff like that where, where to me on the nose, if I were to use on the nose, I would specifically mean that, or, you know, and even on the nose and heavy handed, I would, I would, I would say are, are, are separate. You're right. People use them interchangeably. I, I think there's totally separate critiques. Heavy handed yeah. to me means that like the plot moves too perfectly like in a way that that there's it feels like there's a heavy hand on like moving it forward it's not anything that the characters are doing things are just happening because they need to happen yeah that's heavy-handed on the nose is when you take time out of what you're doing to kind of almost break the fourth wall and explain yourself to the audience yeah you know like you were saying in a way that's like here are the themes wink I don't think either of those critiques apply here. Which I think is true. I also think like it's one of those things where sometimes a movie does have an obvious morals moment. Totally. And and people use the phrase, I guess in in an objective sense, it is on the nose. But it is on the nose with intention. So using that as a like... The viewpoint, I guess, that something being maybe on the nose is not a negative thing. The viewpoint that it is inherently a negative thing is a massive mm. problem because yeah. that is not always the case. Like, I mean, yeah. the fucking random. I mean, I can pick a dozen different movies for this, but the one that popped in my head right now is Death of Stalin, English language movie, comedy, Great satire, movie. very funny, super on the nose, like everything mm-hmm. about it. And talk about heavy-handed, super heavy-handed. Like, that movie is, like, very much closing in your vision to, like, show only what it wants you to show about how this, this like, central committee works. And it's, you know, definitely taken some poetic liberties here and there. And that's fun. It's sure. a good movie. Yeah. It gets its message across. But it is in no way con- unclear <laughs> what no. they're doing. Like, <laughs> right. I know. The whole time, what they're yeah, I think I think a lot of it boils down to. I mean, I think Seth Rogen said something about this like this past week. Oh, really? Where he was just talking about he takes it a little farther than I would because uh, he he basically just said that film criticism is dead and audiences killed it. You know, like the reason that that you just can't trust film criticism anymore is because any old Yahoo with a computer can hop on. And can incorrectly apply terms like on the nose. And, you know, when they just, they don't fucking know. Like the people that are reviewing movies are surely people that are watching them. Yeah. You know, they have no idea how they're made, like what goes into it. Mm-hmm. like so, so all of these critiques that they have are just shallow as fuck because they don't have 
they don't have the parlance to to talk about in technical terms what makes it good or bad. I love that. I mean, no, fuck it. You're in the you do movies, so you're you're fine. <laughs> I'm definitely being an armchair critic. I mean, you here, are literally I think the sheer acting prevalence. in a movie right now, so I think it's very. Oh upsetting. yeah, <laughs> that's forgot about that. Um, <laughs> fair, but. Yes, I, I, I think that that ties directly into what you're talking about. With And and granted, we sought these reviews out. But audience reviews affect the algorithm now. You know, like like that is definitely a I thing that true. bigger platforms look at. And, and that, and, you know, it factors into how they determine what they're going to push to the top of the pile and what they're just going to let get buried in the, in the mess. And to a degree, I mean, I, I think I, like you, I agree with that. And, and kind of like you said, I, I loosely agree with Seth. I don't think it's fully dead. I don't think it's, but I don't think it's fully dead. I also don't think it was ever, that implies there was a time where it like has real weight or permanence which I would say is like not true at all. Like there are so where, many movies where what has reviews that reviews matter oh. and like are somehow that they were better or more objective before is a is an idea that that I don't think is true in what Seth Rogen is saying because hmm. you look at old reviews pre the internet pre this wide wide access to be able to review movies on such a large scale by so many people you have a lot of movies that are like hugely beloved that Mm -hmm. have terrible ratings on Rotten Tomatoes when you look them up because they were reviewed by people at a certain time in a certain context that made them hate that movie. Like, you look at reviews for, like, fucking Tu Wong Fu, it's like you have a Patrick Swayze, Wesley Snipes drag queen movie, and it's got, like, horrible reviews, but it was from 1995. And... Honestly, like, I love that movie. That movie is a cult classic. But is it a cult classic because it was, like, bad? Or are it, are most cult classics that because they're bad? It's like, usually, no. Usually, it's just that it was too much at the time culturally Ooh. for the people reviewing <laughs> the movies. No, I think, I think you're right. I think that might be what makes a cult classic. is something that because it was, like, reviewed to hell by critics... It got pushed under for a time and then was rediscovered by a new audience somehow that like picked it up. But I mean, there are there are big examples. Um, one, I think I think It's a Wonderful Life was well reviewed, but it it was a box office bomb. Nobody went to go see that shit. Well, they Nobody. they they also shut it down. And then, it was a box office bomb by design. Ah, tell me more. They shut because It's a Wonderful Life came out during the Red Scare, one of the Red Scares. Um, and the industry oh, was too concerned that no. the messages were were too communist, which they are. So <laughs> so they like There's really, definitely a community message. Yeah, to they that. like pulled promotion and that's also why It's a Wonderful Life is a modern day Christmas classic because at the time they let their rights expire for the movie because they never thought it would so be it, viable. So it oh is in the God. public domain. So any network can play It's a Wonderful Life for free. So that's why you always see it a thousand times on TV during the holidays. It's because it costs them nothing <sighs> to put it on. <laughs> Which is It's incredible how often 
and it happens everywhere, but a lot in this country in particular, how often the answer is, oh, well, people were just fucking stupid about it, boy. That's why it is the way it is. There's no... There's no good answer. No, oh, no son. No. I will uh, say the there's, worst a, answer. there's a beauty to that, though, because you have a bunch of networks for capitalist reasons playing a movie that costs them nothing to play that purports that puts a message out that says capitalism is bad. Like the primary theme mm-hmm. of It's a Wonderful mm-hmm. Life is like, fuck capitalism. <laughs> so to have well, that be a movie that happens like certainly, multiple times is. every Christmas is pretty hysterical. Yeah. Well, I just I I had a great time um, when like Trump was running, and when he was president. Just every every single year, just watching "It's a Wonderful Life" with my dad and being like, "So you know, like Trump is Mr. Potter, though, right? You you know that he's like it's weird to me that you can watch this movie and clearly identify that money grubbing banker is the villain." And then when you see a money-grubbing swindler in real life, you're like, I'm going to vote for that guy, actually. <laughs> I think I think that guy, I think he's on to something. That guy makes a lot of sense. Um, Do we have any watch- more bad reviews? I kind of have loved that this has become like a, what Harrison and Chris generally think about movies and movie reviewing episode. Not what I expected, but yeah. it's, a, no. it's a fun little app. I hope you're enjoying this. If you're not, you're probably I liked gone already. Um. Ah, well, it's basically over. I liked it. I personally don't have anything. I I to think we've hit. Add. I think we've hit all the main the main points that one would would except, want to. Except continue to tweet at us. I'm gonna get the fucking login from Chris right after this. I'm only saying it right now, so I remember to do it. I'll I will tweet you back. Oh, you forgot the tickle your little Twitter fancies. I have to remember. And you is. and you hit us. You hit us with list. Dale, we're we're still working through your list. Don't worry, bud. Don't worry. Some, I think we got Aragon sh- coming up. Maybe that's next week. Should we? Is that Possibly. streamable? Is that accessible? Here, let me just find that out right now. That'll be our little closer. While Chris is finding that out, I'm going to continue to hold hat in hand and make excuses. Now, some, not all of them are um, on streaming. I'm going to have to work up to Batman and Robin. I, Chris already knows that one is terrible, so I've kind of got to like <laughs> come in the side door with that one. I um, do know that one's bad. I am, <laughs> I'm not excited, but I know it's going to happen what, at some point. what killed the dinosaurs? God damn it. Dossage! The thing is, is I've seen Neither this movie. Neither true like, nor... <laughs> like, this isn't a thing I haven't seen. This is why I don't want to watch it. I know. Can you be called Batman? <laughs> I know what it is. I I know entirely too much of that movie by heart. Especially Freeze's lines, dude. I, will I say, could probably do most of Freeze's lines. I uh, I am down for head. those scenes. Those scenes are, I'm about the Freeze scenes for sure. Oh, we I got should. good news for you, You want to just watch the freeze scenes? <laughs> oh, wait. No, it's not available. I'll just give you the timestamps. <laughs> Honestly. I like, would... I probably Mr. know freeze all the lines the movie. God. Uh, Aragon. Is it, is it streaming? We're, we're finding it out. I thought it was going to be on Amazon per Google, but it's not. Oh, my God. Uh, it's not available well, right f- now. I'm sure it will be soon <sighs> enough. Tweet at us. We are <clears throat> at 
nigh unwatchable. That's true. Uh, I'm at Harry Stew. If you want to tweet at me there, let us know how we're doing. Let us know if you like the format. Um, let us just let us let know us anything. Know. Share just the let episode. Us know. Share share sure. it. You know, take well, we've a got link, to do that first. Send it in an email or a text message. Uh, our music is by Jacket Pocket. Copy and paste it. Print out that link and mail it to your Print grandmother. I expect all of those to be <laughs> date stamped March uh, 23rd. Oh. That's right. I'm assuming you're listening to this the day it comes out. Oh, that's right. Bold of me. It's not coming out today. Bold of me. <laughs> no. Um, Bubbies, it's been so good. Get out there and Bye-bye. make some magic. Oh, yeah, yeah.